Greetings, adventures, and welcome to GNGGCast. Welcome, everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week is our producer, Tony. Hey. And our co-host, Hector. Hello. And this week on the show, we are doing something special. Much like our favorite TV shows do, we're doing a special one-off Halloween special. I used the word special way too many times in my script. I just realized that now. But it's (laughs) fine. We're doing it live. This week, we're going to be playing a game. Defend a bad horror movie. So grab your popcorn and drinks. We'll wait. It's going to be a frightfully ghoul time. With all the intros out of the way, it is time to defend a bad horror movie. Candy corn. You can't defend candy corn. Nobody can. <laughs> Nobody I can. Don't, no, I'm just, I think I can. <laughs> you, I, can I have I, reasons, but I don't want to get to no, them in the show. This, this is the, not the show for the reasons <laughs> I can defend Here's candy how corn. candy corn works. You buy... <laughs> A bag of candy corn because you want for Halloween this year exactly three pieces of candy corn. Mm. And then you have a pound waiting around till Christmas when you throw it away. Yep, that's true. <laughs> Maybe we should societally buy like a, a town's worth of candy corn. Which is like... And- 42 pieces. Yeah, and those are divided. <laughs> or 42 boxes, probably. No, no, no. And Individual pieces. You get three per person. people in a town, they should all get candy corn every year. And it should be like it should Most be like the purge, except we all have to take our daily, uh, our yearly uh, candy corn. Ugh, and maybe there's I don't want to uh, live in that world. No, no, you might as well be handing out peeps. You're just you're just evil. I hate peeps. Yeah, really yeah, hate everyone peeps. does. Everyone hates candy corn too. <laughs> no, I like it's candy chalky corn. and unpleasant. It, it, it's it's Valentine's hearts too. <laughs> all right, so candy here's waxy. Here's the rules of the game. I've got listed here a bunch also of waxy. quote bad horror movies. Mm-hmm. You can choose to volunteer to defend whatever we've got. Uh, if the audience has some suggestions, they can feel free to chime in. But we have to um, know what it is because otherwise, how can... Yeah, yeah we have to know what, to, what we're defending yeah. here. And so when you do, what you need to be doing is give the audience a quick idea of what the movie is about in case they're unfamiliar mm-hmm. and then defend it. Simple enough premise, right? Yep. Everybody's got it? Sure. Got the rules. All right, All right. Let's get started then. Now, the first one that I picked, I wasn't originally going to put on the list, but I read... 18 Google pages worth of various links of bad, good horror movies. And on almost all of them, this movie kept popping up, so I had to add it. Can anybody here defend Jason X? There's a hot tub scene that's funny. Okay, so that's like the closest thing I can defend. Rules of the game. (laughs) What is the movie? And can you defend it? Right. So Mm, I don't remember enough of the movie. I just remember a hot tub scene. Um,. I just remember it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, if you ask me the plot, it's a Jason movie. No. No is, is the plot. It, okay, I think, it, I, it, I, think it, I remember this, this one. Is, this is a modification of the game. If we can remember the plot <laughs> of the movie, we all win. Uh-huh. And I think it was... Um, this is Jason in space with the You're ship. Correct. Mm-hmm. You're correct. Yeah, so I'm trying to get, like... Uh, I'm not sure why he was there. He was frozen for some fucking reason for, like, 500 years. Yep. See, I don't and, recall how he gets on the ship at all. Yeah, I, I don't remember that. I remember that there's a holographic hot tub with um, underage girls in bikinis or something, and he goes swiping at them, and it was really funny because they're holograms, and he gets confused. <laughs> yep. And, and that... I think it's it the was really comedy, dark. Isn't it? and, no, and visually, it was very dark. It was very hard to sh- see because, like, I just remember it being very shadow-filled. It was yeah. just too much black mm-hmm. not not enough depth yeah. within it and so it was a lot of the survivors like trying to fuck with jason using new technology in this particular scene that you're talking about and i don't remember if it's that scene gave us one of the greatest lines of horror cinema which was premarital sex we love premarital sex and that's <laughs> that what was he, that one that was the yeah. girls in the hot tubs that's what they said <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so yeah, hard movie to defend. I think describing it was the defense of it because the only way you could possibly be entertained enough by that movie is us telling you about it. That's the thing. Don't I watch it. It's the, not good. No, it's a type of movie that <laughs> you if you've seen it and another person has seen it, you can talk about it and laugh about shared, it. Shared but, you wouldn't, but if a third person had not seen the movie, they'd be like, oh, I should watch that. You'll be like, no. So this yeah. is basically... You can if you want to, but I would recommend against it. <laughs> so this is the VFW of bad horror movies. So like, you can't come in here with... Like, like, we can only measure traumas together if somebody else's <laughs> stuff doesn't... But we ha we do bond on it together anyway. Exactly. Yeah. That is very, very true. Yeah. All right. That's... Next up. Can anybody here on the panel mm -hmm. defend the movie Doom? Doom. What is it? Um, can you defend it? Yes, I can. That is the um, 2000 and something, six or eight, I think, mm -hmm. a Dwayne the Rock Johnson vehicle based on, obviously, the 1993 video game mm -hmm. by John Carmack. Your numbers are excellent. John today, Romero. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so basically, uh, Doom is the story, uh, much unlike the video game, of a Mars station that is already built out that um, they accidentally open a door to hell with some portal technology, demons come through, and they send The Rock and a bunch of other people and scientists, including... Um, mm, Carl Urban, oh, uh, yeah. Judge Dredd himself, mm -hmm. out there as well to uh, go uh, see what happened. Mm -hmm. And then they find demons and they kill them. And there is a cool, like, 11-minute first-person shooter segment that is fun. The first one ever, like, as far as I remember, the first one ever shot as a first-person, like, sequence. Yep. And it was... Just the video game with like the way the yep. arms yes. are switching the weapons. Yeah, like, it's fucking cool. And then they played the Doom music <laughs> yeah. over it while he like corridor crawled and shot things out of corners and fought a pinky with a chainsaw. I think it was like, originally for like it was either thirty seconds or three minutes. It was a very it wasn't not very long. I don't remember it being it, it, was, it was a it was a few minutes for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I was that. watching this movie in the theaters and mm -hmm. I remember yeah. like oh, yeah. getting so excited when they went to first person. I was like, oh my god, they're doing it. Yeah, there right was at the a, end, you got to that hero sequence. That was yeah. fucking. I think it, it was not meant for. It was the most fanish a video game movie could have been made because mm -hmm. that was not meant for mainstream audiences. No, that not only was it not meant for mainstream audiences, but here's what makes it a bad horror movie. Never not once was it ever, ever scary. That is true. Like, like The Rock yeah. isn't scary. The Rock is a big, cuddly cartoon character with muscles, but you want to hug him. Like, like <laughs> even if he I was, always want to hug The Rock. Yeah, if, if he was just, like, staring at you, seething mad, <laughs> you'd, like, hug him around the waist and, like, boop him on the nose. It'd just be like, come on, bro. I just kind of want to hold his pinky and be like, yeah. <laughs> Can't stay mad so at you. So you're saying so you're, you're, your defense of Doom is that Doom is a great... Or a fun action movie. Fun action movie. Not a good horror movie. Correct. And, and not good horror because no scares. But I will defend it as, you know, it, it's, it's a very literally this is early, movie. early Dwayne Johnson. He was still being credited as, as The Rock yep, for this true. movie. So, like, we got a little bit of that. We got Carl Urban before he put on the Dread uniform. We got a lot of great stuff in this. So, I mean, if nothing else, it's a good little piece of, you know, cinema history. It is true. Yeah. And spawned horrible sequels. And spawned, oh God, did it have sequels? Uh, I believe there was at least one sequel. I've never watched it. I think it was a direct video. I think oh. It, yeah. I didn't see, I don't know that. That can't be good. That's like, yeah, I don't know yeah that, that must be like, like Starship Troopers sequel levels. Uh, I have chat, seen most of ch those. Chat is talking so. about Hunky Boys, mm. which means chat must have gone out and seen uh, Psycho Gorman this week. Ah, uh, <laughs> Psycho Gorman. All right. So next up, who here on the panel? can describe and can defend Puppet Master. 
See, I can't. No, I think it's a you thing. I can't describe the first. Okay, so I will. I will jump into this. I remember like there's puppet Hitler's a lot. I can do the littlest Reich, but that's it. Okay. So I'm. I am a huge puppet master fan. Um, is is we there are dozens of us. Yeah, literally dozens of us. Um, the puppet master is the story of Andrew Toulon, who is a puppet master who um, uses a special serum to uh, breathe life into his dolls that he he was famous the world over for these amazing puppet shows and nobody could figure out how the dolls could operate without having strings. Mm -hmm. And you have people who move into a house, wake the dolls up essentially, and the dolls go on a killing spree. Mm -hmm. Now over time, much like a lot of horror movies, the dolls have kind of become the heroes of the story, even though they're the monsters. Okay. Um, So we, my favorite puppet masters, I believe, Three, I want to say it is because one and two are direct sequels to each other. This third one kind of retcons some things, but it takes place during World War II. Okay, it shows him, you know, so someone's making yeah, some Nazi yeah, puppets, yeah, yeah, making the Nazi puppets. See, I remember was, liking yeah. that, but I've they all to me are a giant blur because they yeah. were just this period of my childhood where they were all just there in a chunk. Yeah, it felt like there was like one through seven or something, mm-hmm. and I just watched all of them a lot, and I yeah. don't remember anything aside from puppets some cool carving of puppets, mm. Nazi shit and hor- bad, bad kid. There's an annoying cause fuck kid. who's like, <laughs> Oh no, the puppet. So I think oh. that the, the defense of the puppet master movies, while they are B horror films mm-hmm. done by full moon studios is really that the, a premise around a bunch of puppets who have very little, in the way of being able to gesture or change facial expressions. Yeah, yeah, these they are should, simple they, puppets they, very they, well. they, Yeah, they do emote really well. They're, you mm-hmm. could tell the characters, like the character of Pinhead, who has a small head and a big body, you know, he's the bruiser, and he walks a certain way and acts a certain way. Uh, my personal favorite is Blade, who has, like, spikes that come out of his eyes and has, like, a hook and a knife for a hand. Um, and he's, like, the leader of the crew. You know, <laughs> Tunneler has a drill on his head. Then you have one of the best ones is Jester. Uh, Jester is what it, what it says on the box, but he has a head that can rotate in different ways to give off different expressions. Oh, okay. Right? Almost like the um, the, the drama, like uh, yeah, yeah. That's masks. what that's what he does, and okay. so like he can actually like that really heighten the way that it's, especially when he gets sad, you kind of really feel it because he makes a little like noise. Oh. Like while well, he can't talk, <laughs> he can make like little noises, and that's one of those things that he does. So for a, for it being a B horror film and a franchise that has been going on for wow, yeah. Um, I think that you can have a lot of respect for for Puppet Master because they do take a lot of care in, while the cinematography may be B quality, when it comes to the puppets, you could tell how much they care into developing these puppets as characters. Mm -hmm. So, respect it. Agreed. I have one that I wanted to defend. I, just got to, I have, don't know enough facts about it, so please go on to the next yeah. one. But I've uh, sure. One the next movie that you have to explain and defend is going to be Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I think that's a Tony one. That's also mine. Yeah. And, well, we'll do that one first because the two after that are James. Well, I don't have the facts pulled up for that one yet. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I wanted to do Return to Oz. Because <laughs> uh, I go. was going to defend it as a ch- children's horror movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I really just wanted to like talk about how much... We, we could come so, back to it. We could move yeah. on to 13 yeah. Ghosts. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you want to go yeah. ahead, Thirteen Ghosts will be our next uh, one that we'll we'll go ahead and broach. I guess I will be saddled with Thirteen Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the plot of Thirteen Ghosts is a uncle, a rich uncle to a, a family passes away, 
And, and the one that I'm talking about specifically is like the the 1999 13 ghosts, right. not the original 13 ghosts. Yeah, no, that's got a time whole other. Yeah, nobody's got time for that. <laughs> and so this family who's very poor inherits this beautiful house that's made completely of glass, has all these arcane runes like etched on them. Uh, Matthew Lillard's in it, and he's a Matthew Lillard can actually see ghosts. Like he, that's his whole thing is he can feel the presence of ghosts mm-hmm. and knows that the uncle had been trapping ghosts in this house that his family was now moving in, this dead uncle was moving into. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the ghosts escaping, the family trying to escape from the house because they can't see the ghosts. They have to wear special goggles to like see the ghosts, which is actually a direct reference to the original movie. Um, And it's a like hour and a half of just like horror comedy um, each of the 13 ghosts is unique, has a very unique backstory. That's one of the things that, you know, back in the day of DVD extras to date ourselves, that was one of the best things about 13 ghosts was the extras on it because it had all of this information and world building that was just like, here's, you know, the juggernaut and here's how he was created. Here's the, the angry princess and how, you know, she was a victim of suicide, you know, of suicide. Mm-hmm. And here in the, they, they broke all of them down in such a rich way. And it, it's in such a way that when you go back and watch 13 ghosts in retrospect, after you have that information, it makes for a more enriching experience. Are the jokes a little corny? Yes, there is a scene where a lawyer gets split in half and later in the movie they comment like, where did the lawyer go? Did he split? Like, that's the level of comedy of 13 Ghosts. But every single person is giving it their all. And, and Tony Shalhoub's awesome. Tony Shalhoub's Tony awesome. Shalhoub's there you go. That's awesome. the only defense yeah. you need to 13 and Ghosts. Like, when does Tony Shalhoub get to be like one of the main actors in a movie? Right? Yeah. Well, he got to be a, a, a tragic, my, my, my wife got killed in a fire character and everything is awful. It, it's such a tragic character. And yeah. Tony Shalhoub pulls it off, but I just feel bad. That, like that was his like one, but before monk and everything yeah, yeah. that was, you know, sure. All right. Yeah. So uh, that's my defense of 13 ghosts. If you haven't seen it, that is actually one of my <clears throat> Halloween movies in air quotes, like my ritual for Halloween, watch yep. 13 ghosts. Just fantastic. Uh, Tony, what did you have for defense of? I was going to be doing um, killer clowns from outer space. Yes. Please defend killer clowns. Because what is it, and can, how you can it is exactly it? what it sounds like. There are killer clowns, and they came from outer space. Yeah, um, from 1988, two teenagers that are working around this malt shop. I'm just I briefly looked over the notes. I haven't watched the movie <laughs> in a couple of years, but I, I remember most of it. They're uh, working around like this uh, burger shop. Mm-hmm. They see a spaceship thing land. They go to inspect. It turns out to look like a carnival thing, but they're alien clowns. And these alien clowns go around the town and start zapping everybody, turning them into cotton candy and taking them back to their spaceship. And then the te- some more teens, you know, that ensues craziness. Mm-hmm. Then the teens go rescue everybody from the spaceship. That's the plot <laughs> it's, of the movie. It's exactly what it says. On it's it's exactly yeah. what it is. It's this killer clowns matter space, but it is so ridiculous in its imagery um, it is a very low budget movie that did as much as it could for its background and um, special effects with the budget they had. These were two uh, director, the director brothers, I believe. Um, they w- didn't go in to make a movie. They wanted to just do special effects. Mm-hmm. So they were like, what could we do to like get our name out there? And they made these crazy Oh, that's Clown masks and costumes and designs. Okay. And so it was, they the made movie all was the a, prosthetics. It was a vehicle for them yeah, to, they to showcase Yeah, they wanted to show their, their prosthetics. Yeah. And in turn, ended up creating this cult classic because the prosthetics are so fucking good in it. Even today. And their crazy sets are 
batshit space alien things you can come up with that look like a clown stuff in 1987 when it was like fucking made. It was it was beautiful, oh, guys. It's a fucking great movie. You're going to have to go in with low expectations for <laughs> the acting quality, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like most of the horror movies because, of the time, especially yeah, the it, ones. But there is a scene that is, is beautifully done, like simplest animation of a shadow on a wall of one of the clowns making puppets on the wall and then the shadow monster turns into or shadow thing turns into a monster and then it comes down and then like eats a woman and it's that's great. awesome this movie uh what was its original rating because i gotta remember that. i gotta i gotta tell you i'm not sure how, how often <laughs> this, these movies back then this were is rated. one of the tony ogs this yeah. is back when like tony and i first met each other when we were around 16 and we often i would go over to his house after school and we did not live close to each other by the way mm-hmm. and i would like drive to tony's place and like watch movies with him and he's like killer what was the, you gotta um, watch it what was the gaming store in the corner near the in the food court of uh, west oaks mall uh, Tilt? Um, no, the oh, like video game. You oh, bought like, cartridges like e- and shit. EA games? Was it EA games? Or not EA. EB, or EB, EB games. games, yeah. EB games was the only place I was able to find a DVD copy of Killer Clowns from Outer Space, like, ever. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I was really broken. I sold all my DVDs. Yeah. And... <clears throat> I need to go on Amazon right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was one of the Tony original, like James sit down and you're going to fucking watch killer clowns from outer space. And I was not disappointed. It is a lot of fun. It is very silly. It is again, everything on the 10. Uh, yeah. All right. Next movie to defend. We are going to go with the frighteners who wants oh, to defend man. the Frighteners. That's also, that's I mean, like, that's, that's, that's definitely, that's, 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 that's a, a made for you. Thing, like, that's, that's all right. I'll take the next two. <laughs> okay. So I guess I have to defend it because I do have an original Frighteners poster hanging above my bed. Mm-hmm. This is how much I love this movie. Uh, Michael J. Fox is the main actor in this. This is a Peter Jackson original film. This is last like movie starring role for a very long yeah. time. That's mm-hmm. before anybody knew that he, um, uh, that he was uh, suffering from a Parkinson's. Parkinson's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, that did yeah we just didn't see him. I always wondered what happened. And it was like the movie was not that bad, guys. Yeah. Why did it kill Michael J. Fox's career? Is what I thought for years until yeah. I found out. So the Frighteners <laughs> uh, originally one of the out. movies that was slated to be a Tales from the Crypt spinoff movie, uh, but when that franchise died down, they decided to just make it its own. Yeah, uh, it is Michael J. Fox's character has lost his wife in a tragic accident. Um, many people blame him for her death uh, because of his near death experience. He can see ghosts. Um, he actually uses ghosts. He hires them uh, to do paranormal shit, and he comes in and busts them in giant air quotes. Oh, okay. um, he, you know, he's basically just using his skills as a paranormal investigator um, to just make a shitload of money. And it's a very sad story about a man who lost everything. Um, he lives in the unfinished house that him and his wife were building before she died. Um, and then a reaper comes to town and starts killing off people in the town. And he notices that they are all dying the same way. They're dying by a heart attack. And what is easily kind of shrugged off as, oh, these people are having heart attacks. He notices numbers carved into their foreheads, a ghostly aura number. And so he is now tracking a ghost killer and trying to figure out, um, you know, why this ghost is hunting people, how to stop a ghost when he doesn't have the physical ability to stop a ghost. Mm -hmm. And at the, on top of all of that, it is about, and do dealing it's with loss. dealing with loss and also moving forward from loss, mm. right? There's a lot of deep elements to the frighteners that people uh, kind of just because there's a it, lot it, of world building it's, in it's, this. By the way, you, this is a lot of just kind of 
No, it's not thrown at you as exposition wise. It's yeah. it's more for recent people. John Wickish in its yeah. mm-hmm. presentation. It, 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 it's the, you follow the fuck along because we're moving along quickly. Yeah, and it does it doesn't slow down. It doesn't speak down to its audience. It's a movie that it can be hauntingly sad. It's a movie that is funny at just the right moments. Um, there is a lot of slapstick comedy because ghosts can do things like be slapped on the back of the head and eyeballs pop out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of that, but but it's it's almost Beetlejuice esque in the way that it uses levity to counteract kind of the terror of what kind of a fucked up world this is. Mm-hmm. Um, it is absolutely one of my favorite films of all time, and I highly recommend it if you've never seen it. It's early Peter Jackson, this pre Lord of the Rings, um, and yeah, it's just it's got a lot of heart, and I think that it's definitely worth. Yeah, it wasn't the last thing he did before he went into pre production or I think Lord so, of the Rings yeah, yeah. that was like another thing is like what happened to Peter Jackson what, what happened because he, he was literally disappeared yeah he was yeah. busy Michael J. Fox For was busy years. everyone was busy yeah. doing other shit I just thought like kind of the worst had happened because I didn't bother to Yahoo at the time yeah, yeah. there you go <laughs> alright or Jeeves so, I don't know it was it was one of those then the meta crawler <laughs> who can explain and defend the original not the sequel there's no way to defend the sequel Silent Hill Oh, easy. Super easy. I'll tell you how I'm going to defend Silent Hill. It doesn't belong... But but what is it, and how can you defend it? Okay, so Silent Hill is, to be very, very crass, is a movie based on a video game series. Mm. To be way more fair, the movie doesn't belong in this list. It's not (laughs) a bad horror movie. There's nothing bad about this Mm. movie. The only bad thing you can say about it is that it's based on a video game, which is usually not always the mark of a bad movie. In this case, it's not. The story of Silent Hill is a family who recently adopted a child, finds that the child is having nightmares and seems to be ostensibly being drawn back to her hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, mother decides to take her there one day. Father follows in kind. And while they both arrive in the town, they seem to be in two very different places. Mm-hmm. Town begins falling down around them. Horror ensues. And the movie does blend together a good bit of the first two games without really taking any care to try and follow the story of the first two games. Mm. There are reasons people might say the movie is bad for those things. Mm. However, if you forget that the games exist, this is an excellent fucking horror movie. It is scary. It is well acted with great actors, top to bottom. Uh, it, it has good special effects. It has, a, 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 yeah, it, it's it's an intriguing world. And you're just trying to figure out what the fuck's going on tonight. It has a genuinely good child actor throughout, which mm. how rare is that in horror movies? It's true. Like there, there's this movie, it's not a bad horror movie. If you've never played the game or seen this movie, come to my house and I'll show them to you. <laughs> I think really what it come, when a lot of these that we were defending at this point, it's, we're just having to explain things that we secretly enjoyed, but we were all too pretentious to tell each other that we liked sure. for other reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw Silent Hill in the theaters twice. Like yeah. once, just like no, going to I see mean, like yeah, opening I remember, night. And I remember like, we watched it together once. Yeah. And then I, and then I went we, and did a bunch of drugs. Like, and that was really again. Yeah, yeah. Saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I admit I took ecstasy and then went and saw Silent Hill. And it was a great time. Yeah. It was awesome. If you want to know how <laughs> fucked up I am, I'm the kind of person who enjoys taking ecstasy and going watching Silent Hill. That, that's where I am in life. Sorry. Nah, um, sounds awesome. All right. So the next one might be a little bit trickier, though. Who mm-hmm. can discuss and defend resident evil i can i can defend resident evil okay so what was the original resident evil the original resident evil is also a movie based on a video game a horror series one of the first horror series for the playstation console Mm -hmm. um 
Yeah, by Capcom. Mm -hmm. uh, zombie game, zombie movie. Um, zombies uh, seem to have taken over a facility and a team is sent in to fix this. Mm -hmm. um, you find out that the company, this facility owned by this company, which is goes deep, deep underground. It is a massive, like monolithic, like building um, built sub... Yes, subterraneously. Yes, so uh, words. Uh, but anyway, so they send a whole SWAT team of people and one guy's girlfriend. <laughs> um, but it's and Mila, girlfriend. But it's Mila Jovovich, so she's fine, y'all. <laughs> like, like she's Guess better what? than any Guess of those what? cops. Guess what? Spoiler for all the movies: she survives all of them. <laughs> yeah, she, she is. She's the original Timothy Chalamet. She's the most perfect boy. Like, like she just murders everything. But anyway, so yeah, the the facility has been completely taken over by zombies. Zombies do some kind of corporate espionage, mm -hmm. and because um, they were fucking and with dropping things shit. accidentally. Oh no, that was he fucking accidentally on purpose. Yeah, accidentally on purpose. Yeah, it yeah. was he was setting it up to look like an accident. Yeah, yeah that's mm -hmm. true. But yeah, so the whole place taken over by zombies. SWAT team barely escapes. And again, this one is trying its best to be the first game in the movie. Um, and not everything lands. Not all the zombies are great. Not all of the actors are great. And some of the special effects are downright bad. But what is it homage the shit out of the game for, in my opinion, mm -hmm. and it it played more to the game audience than necessarily the making a good movie audience. Correct. And it was trying to write its name a little too. Hard. Yeah. And then it seems like all the subsequent ones just went more of a fuck it. I don't, nothing is going to make sense anymore. Yeah, well, yeah. So oh, I hate those movies so much. That's what happens when you try and make something like parallel to a game with a different character. You can't have them run into the characters everybody knows. Because when they do, things get weird. So it just turned into Mila Jovovich's character basically being God for like... When Six she, movies, seven you movies? You have to admire the respect. I think it was the second when she literally jumped a motorcycle like into the fourth floor of a... Uh, church yeah. to land it in the center of it from street level. She's that strong with her legs. Um, um, so <laughs> in, in, in the sixth one where they go to Vegas, she stops fire with her mind from killing her friend. She literally stares at a flamethrower so, jet going so, at yeah. Ali Larder. So, so that's and she way goes, later. But this isn't the second movie. In the first movie, it was very tame. The second that's one, true. I call it the jumping the motorcycle movement mm -hmm. because that's what she did in every series that has done that since where the first one's good, the second one starts good and then goes, oh, fuck, and then everything else through shit. Mm -hmm. There's other right, franchises that do this is jumping, this is jumping the motorcycle, not jumping the shark because yeah. that's the different that thing. Was happy is, yeah, was happy you gotta, You got to admit, there's a certain type of love that Paul W.S. Anderson has for his wife, his, which, yeah, is, his which wife. is Mia, Absolutely. to go, and how I really just want to, I, I, I just want to watch my wife kick ass for like eight movies yeah. and Hollywood will pay me to do it. They will, because every time he makes these movies, people go and yep. see them. And then they played and they West, did. and then they played Monster Hunter together yeah. and they made a movie about Monster Hunter that finally, I think in the last, it came out. No, it didn't show. A, it didn't show a I, little uh, I haven't thingy seen at all. Yeah. No, I watched it. Oh yeah, that so was very you're, cross. Your final defense of Resident Evil. You're right. I haven't really done much to defend this movie yeah. except to say that. I mean, if have you seen Mila Jovovich? And <laughs> so, aside from that, to to really talk the movie up, did, she have, did it have the same kid from uh, Silent Hill? Whatever. For, no, no, no. It was different. I don't know. No. It was a weird little pale girl that was the yeah, yeah. She was made entirely child. out of CG. I think her voice was actually an adult, if I remember correctly, um, because she was never in the game. I don't think yeah. in the movie as a human. I think she was always yeah. a hologram. Anyway, to defend the movie, um, Michelle Rodriguez was great in this because she's great in everything. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it did set up the sequel very well and made you excited to see the nemesis in action, which that didn't turn out very well, but that's whatever. Um, yeah, over, like, the, the movie did everything right except be a good script is kind of mm -hmm. what happened. Like, the effects were fine. It was a summer fight blockbuster. Fight scenes were good. Yeah, the, the fight scenes were fun. There was a lot of zombies. The zombies were never cheap. Like, the makeup wasn't great, mm -hmm. but there were hundreds of them packed yeah. into small spaces. Like, that was pretty It does terrifying. have some genuine moments of tension. Mm -hmm. I liked the, uh, the, the, towards the beginning, when they're first finding out what the fuck, the, they don't even know what the zombies are, and they're going to those weird canister things that I guess have people in them, mm -hmm. and... That was that was a good tension moment, just because like the way the camera yeah, swept yeah. over and you could go, and going through the the causing the radial sh the radial shots to slide yeah. by your eyes, and yeah. it's like oh, it builds that tension because the light and yeah. And the scene I will never ever forget um, the laser room yes, with the two the laser doors. Room. That that, I, I, that scene will never leave my brain. Like you can probably find it on YouTube. Just Resident Evil laser room. A lot scene. of places have, have since like made fun of it, or like it's yeah. a part of the zeitgeist. The, the it is, but is. but it was it was so video gamey, yeah. and so much fun to watch. And the way it ended was perfect because the best part of any QTE is when you fail. Yeah, as long as the game is made correctly. <laughs> yeah, and interesting fact about the original Resident Evil. So the the underground base that they went to is called the Hive. Mm -hmm. Now in the Resident Evil video game universe, um, every like few Resident Evil games, there's only been a couple of them. They've uh, Capcom's released something called the Wesker's Report. Mm -hmm. I still have the DVD of this. Um, and the Wesker's Report was kind of like ways to catch you up between games of Resident Evil. But in the second Wesker's Report, I want to say, he actually mentions the Hive by name. Okay. So like, there's a little sliver of the Resident, first Resident Evil movie that they're saying, like, yeah, this is canonically accurate. I think this is a thing that actually existed. That's so, right. I think yeah. they do the Hive in a later movie, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember yeah. exactly that. The um, first two movies, the first one especially, had very good marketing because they did that hidden marketing of what the serum, mm -hmm. and then it turns out you're a zombie. Yep. Yeah. I, that was uh, some very good marketing they threw out there. Yeah, I loved those things. Time. All right, moving on from Resident Evil, who here on the panel can describe and defend they live. I'll get someone else to go at this one. Uh, I was going to stop and get a drink, so I think it's a good pausing point. <laughs> okay, no. Uh, no, I guess... <laughs> Damn it! I was trying to get away with that one. Um, I, I did not look, know it was with the next one, so I guess I'll look it up. Sure, yeah. I remember um, Kick-Ass and Chew Bubblegum and Roll Out of Bubblegum. Wow, you guys have not seen They Live in that long? Um, they Live... Yeah, I mean, I know what it's known for and right. I can tell you my favorite part of the movie sure um, but I can't super explain the beat by beat plot right alright yeah. so I'll, get, like, I'll, I'll take this one then fine they live some really fun fights bad fight sequences Pro professional wrestler Rowdy well, Rowdy Piper mm -hmm. stumbles across a pair of glasses one day mm -hmm. that allows him to see what the world is really like correct and so the world is half humans and half aliens who are using a mind control technology to get people to buy, consume, to act a certain way. Mm -hmm. The glasses then wake him up to this world, and it is now his duty to go out, hunt these aliens down, and take them out. <laughs> that is the premise of They Live. Unfortunately, these aliens look exactly like humans and are only visible if you have yeah, the, the glasses, glasses on. Yeah, right. So this dude just picks up a shotgun after putting on some sunglasses and goes out on a murder spree. Right. Yes. Dope into a lot of different interpretations yes. that way. And this movie has been interpreted 
to death, but yes. in a good way because um, it, it does represent a lot. Of yeah, things. no, there's. I mean, that's just like even from the aliens' point of view, because mm-hmm. you gotta like, come yeah. on. They, they're on the if half the fucking planet is populated by a different species. They are also here now. Like yeah. you can, that's the world you live in, dude. You got to accept that and make right. changes smaller than going on murder sprees. So my defense of <laughs> they live is um, first off, this is an absolute popcorn movie. Start to finish. Mm-hmm. This is just a movie that just is not fucking around with its premise. The ass kicking happens early. Um, there's a lot of, you know, I guess the, honestly the biggest defense of they live and you'll see a lot of videos about this. If you look it up on YouTube is, what it's trying to to say in subtext, but not really subtext because it's pretty much just text on the screen. Yes. Which is consumerism. consumerism yeah. Bad. Consumerism is bad. Like maybe capitalism we, yeah, capitalism awful. is bad. <laughs> like it is very obvious about what yeah, its yeah. motifs are. A lot of you can't see the systems of control. Also, maybe the way to abolish the systems of control is to murder half the people. Like yep. it doesn't have a lot of solu- good solutions, well, but it has some very on the spot. Imagery. It was early Thanos theory. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, yeah, I guess. So there, my favorite scene in the movie <laughs> is when Piper fights Keith David. Be- and, it, and and it's not exactly because of how brutal the fight is, and the fight is absolutely brutal. Like it is yeah. just a one-on-one, like fucking knockdown, drag out. Like they beat each other, mm-hmm. and the whole thing is just Piper trying to get David to look through the glasses. Yeah, and he won't, and he's just like no, because he he doesn't want to see the world the way he does, which makes a lot of sense because if a guy who's like we need to kill half the people, let me show you, yeah. he'd be like bro, yeah. Maybe take your 15 down to like a three right now mm-hmm. and tell me what's up. Yep. So yeah, there's uh, it's it's a really great, obviously, metaphor. Yeah, I kind of wonder what his fear of sunglasses is. <laughs> like what happened in his childhood that made him so deathly afraid <laughs> of another man putting glasses on him? It, it's probably mostly about will exertion. It's like, you must do this. I refuse. Mm. You uh, know, so it, which, it's a, it's again, like yeah. everything It could be, else. it also could be other metaphors. I mean, I don't know. It's very, uh, there's, there's a lot of other metaphors there, there's there too. There's a lot of layers here. Yeah. And, uh, and, Yeah, and like I said, the whole thing is about, yeah, trying to see what's underneath and the way other people resist you showing it to them because it's either too big or too scary or honestly too far-fetched. And uh, yeah, it's... Uh, this is another movie I would say probably doesn't belong on this list. It is very cheesy. Don't get me it's wrong. It's an action movie. And it it's stars a, a wrestler, movie. but I wouldn't call it a bad movie. A lot of, there's been a lot of people that say it's, it's just not a good movie, but like a lot of people talk about it and say like, yeah, it, maybe it's a movie where there's a lot to talk about, but isn't... I mean, it's enjoyable to watch. It's yeah. entertaining. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is, is it like high art? Does anyone quote Shakespeare? No, absolutely not. I'm it, here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. Yeah, he's here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. He expi- inspired Duke Nukem. Yeah, <laughs> which is the highest praise, obviously, you can give this movie. But, I mean, we are talking about a movie that, while some people may consider it bad, you can go on YouTube, look up They Live, and you will find people with video essays like nine hours long. Oh, yeah. There are, yeah. yeah, you can break down every scene of that movie, probably in multiple yeah. ways. All right, so we'll move on from They Live. So next up to pick, this is the, this is one of the open ones. You get to describe and defend a Hellraiser movie that is not one of the first two. Okay. I have the next one, so I'll let either of you do this one. Um, Tony, you're you're a defender of Hellraiser in space. Yeah, well, I don't remember much of it anymore. You talk about movies I watched like fucking twenty something <laughs> years ago, dude. <laughs> Hellraiser in space was 20 years ago. Last time I watched it was. 
Shit. Uh, I will put my hat in the ring. For that movie one. came out well over fucking 20 years ago. <laughs> I will say Hellraiser 5. Okay. Now, Hellraiser 5 was not originally intended to be a Hellraiser movie. It was another movie that they said, we, we could just put Hellraiser in this. And... That's throw pin head. So, so, it was the throw pin head in at the, the end is the bad guy. Right. It's just bad guy replacement. Yeah, and no, then that's I, now that's right. the story. So yeah, I have this thing with Hellraiser movies because I've seen so few of them that because and I know there are so many and I don't yeah. know any of the subtitles right. for any of the movies that every time someone tells me Hellraiser Five, I immediately try and make up the dumbest title <laughs> I can. So when you said Hellraiser Five, my brain went. Kinks for Twinks. <laughs> I mean, he probably would have accepted. Clyde Barker probably would have accepted that title. Yeah, like I don't. Like, so it seems like a good the title. Premise of this movie, out soon, and this it? is this is one of the ones that Tony and I used to defend because we watched this one together when we were little. Mm-hmm. And the story is ninety nine percent not Hellraiser. Okay, this is about a, a detective who wakes up one day and goes to solve a murder mystery and gets tangled in this like underground. Oh yeah, it's, world it's the murder of, noir mystery yeah, of like. He, you okay. wake up next to a dead hooker and you're a cop. What do you do? Yeah, that's, that's the movie. That's literally the plot of the movie. Ba- you go to work. <laughs> right. That's basically the concept. <laughs> yes. He literally movie. goes to work and, right. and, and he, starts seeing ghosts and shit. Yeah. He's trying to figure all this out and supernatural stuff starts going on around him. And he's like, is this real? Is this not real? And then kind of the twist at the end is, by the way, you're in hell. This is your, your repeat day of hell. That okay. You're, you're going through. And the very end of it is Pinhead showing up and or the, the hell priest showing up and being like, this is the hell that you've designed for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a very good movie because it doesn't try and be a Hellraiser movie for most of it. It would almost have been better if they didn't call it Hellraiser. Like, no, if it was more be, of a surprise. It was def- yeah, th- yeah, I could see that. Like mm-hmm. th- it being a bit of a surprise. But then again, how do you like go into a movie and be like, oh, my God, secret Hellraiser movie. Right. Yeah, yeah I okay. totally see that. It was was it Hellraiser? Was it three or four? Was Hellraiser in space? Uh, four. Blood, four. Bloodlines is four. Bloodlines is four. I re- I finally remembered enough of the plot to describe it to where I think you'll I'll win anybody over with it. Um, it's the story of the cube. It is the, the lament configuration. Lament configuration. Mm-hmm. And specifically, calling it why is lament configuration and how it interlocks and works as a gateway between universes. It is the story of its initial creation from a drawing. Uh, being passed through the dimensional gate or whatever into brain um, in the like thir- 1400s um, mm-hmm. then and made into the puzzle box that we know and love and how that was literally cr- made by the like creator of it and then it's lifetime of generations of how that family's been intertwined with understanding the math of this gateway to hell it's essentially very, it's very Lovecraftian and then it it the end culmination, why it's called Hellraiser in space, is because a couple hundred thousand or whatever, I can't remember when it's in the future, like 22 whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. and great, great billionaire sand grandson something is making the lament configuration in space and does that. Yeah. So it's... He's using it, he's basically trading a space station that will essentially be a giant lament configuration to destroy hell. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. That sounds bad. And it looks cool as shit yeah. with some like very is it it was it wasn't CGI because it was like drawn on like uh explosion Oh god, it's just it's so much fun. It's not really a Hellraiser movie. It's but it's because it's an origin story of the box, and yeah. that's why I like it. And and okay. honestly, that is one of the movies that I did initially did not like, and years and years of me, Tony, in 
me and Tony debating about it, he finally wore me down and I went, no, you make actually really good points. It's it's actually once you understand really good. Like if you love the box at all through that fucking mythology, this is the story of it. Yeah. And that's, it's really well done. Yeah. If you want just the story of the box and everybody wants a little bit more origin, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That is a good thing. All right. So we'll move on from Hellraiser. We gave you two great recommendations there. Uh, who here can describe and defend the movie, the wicker man. Oh God, that's one's mine. Now this is the wick. Now the plots are the same for both, but me specifically, I am defending the wicker man. 2006. That I was, uh, that's a Nicholas cage. That's my, yes, that's a Nicholas saying. cage one, not that's 1973, yeah. which was not Nicholas. Cage. I, the original yeah, could have been, <laughs> he's, he's a vampire. <laughs> it's true. Yes. Not, not, not the original. This is the story of a um, non-specific lawman who arrives on an island to um, investigate the disappearance of a child. Mm-hmm. Um, once he Bees. once he gets to the island, he discovers that uh, that it's not all is well on this weird little, you know, cute little mm-hmm. island, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere off the east coast. It's uh, there's it's almost entirely women and there's all of these pagan rituals going on like all kinds of crazy sewing-esque uh semen-esque like rituals that deep in the woods dancing naked under the sun um all kinds of sacrifice and dolls and everything and what you get out of this movie which is the one of the most nicholas cage movies to ever nicholas cage um, and you can look up like all the best moments from the Wicker Man on YouTube. You'll find some amazing compilations. But yes, this movie is everything great about how everyone talks about the, the biggest parts of Nicolas Cage. He spends this movie partially in a bear outfit. Um, oftentimes, and I absolutely do not provoke pr- promote violence against women of any kind, but the casualness with which he absolutely decks women in the face or like karate kicks them in the chest like as he's trying well, are they to, attacking like, him no, uh, well they're all they're all I mean, about to kill some people oh yeah and they're like, all you know, in on it and there's a child involved somewhere well, yeah so you gotta hit you to, gotta hit to stop somebody from killing a kid Right, so but that's it. none of them see it coming is a thing. He doesn't like square off and fight fair with anybody. He literally <laughs> oh, no. sneaks around in one of their outfits, like dressed as like a yeah. bear in like a pagan ritual ceremony, yeah. and just starts fucking clocking people like like yeah. behind them to get to the front. And then you know, the, yeah. And so that's the plot of the movie. And the reason I defend it is because you'll watch this movie and be like, okay, okay. Okay. Um, oh my God, that was amazing! Holy shit, that was okay. We're back to the movie. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, Nicholas. Okay. Okay. Bees. Yeah. So, so like the movie is very. Up it needs and down. like a fifteen-minute supercut, is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, that, that that exists all over YouTube. You can find that easily. But I would sit through this movie with a person just to like enjoy their reactions to Nicolas Cage with them. Mm-hmm. I always love me some good Nicolas Cage. Um, we, had, we had a person come into chat and they said, greetings from Brazil. And I just saw the, hey. the word Brazil. And I was like, that's not a horror movie, but <laughs> I kind of want to defend it. But it's been a really long time since I've seen Brazil. And I really want to make Brazil. Two... Brazil needs no defense. Because I don't think you've ever watched it. Brazil does not need defense. I, like, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Yeah. I don't know. I've got. I've never gotten James to watch it because it was one of ones I'm like, it's Terry Gilliam. It's like three hours something, and it's. But you have to watch like four versions of it. <laughs> All right, it's now, my uh, Blade Runner. The, is the next movie. <laughs> you don't have to. You can say no. Can anybody describe and want to defend Leprechaun? 
He's I, a murderous I, leprechaun is my memory of it. The and only thing I can defend about leprechaun, it is one of, if not the first role for Jennifer Aniston. Okay. That's, I really that's like, all I have good I'm just going to talk about it. Leprechaun in general for this uh, moment because I think we should because it went to some interesting places. Um, actually, I think we did some really the good hood? stuff for... No, specifically, <laughs> actually, Black Horror is where I said it wanted to go mm-hmm. or wanted to go to because they um, that started to change the Leprechaun series and also what um, Black Horror was and what it was showing society mm-hmm. because it started with a very stereotypical... Leprechaun in the hood, and it has grown since then mm-hmm. to actually to portray cultural correctly. I mean, yes, but that first movie still exists. So right, but so you're saying that the, one of the the, the pros to the Leprechaun, <laughs> which is about a murderous Leprechaun, as a series from such a the first one being a kind of more straight special if, or um, practical effects. Right. Somebody steals a Leprechaun's gold. The leprechaun shows up. Uh, he kills kills people. people and lots of murder. And that's why it's a horror movie because there's a little person mm-hmm. uh le- leprechaun with i can't remember how he kills people at all does he beat him to death it's I, yeah he has his shillelagh it's really racist <sighs> yeah because i <laughs> i thought that's what it was because i remember at one it's point really, he like choked somebody really to death racist. from behind a car yeah yeah and that's, that's um <laughs> these movies will never be made again nothing like this actually i think no i think uh is, this, is anybody working on leprechaun right now i'm pretty sure somebody's working on leprechaun let's right now. let's see where this goes i don't know i think leprechaun has a long and uh fruitful future in uh let, let let other cultures have leprechaun yeah let, let, let me like we're gonna tell us different tell let them go to different cultures and like tell explain their culture <laughs> of through horror of leprechaun to See, me uh, for no, better it would be I don't know, nice be if fun. it was in any way like a good representation awful. of leprechaun <laughs> but it's not it but it's, not, it's, it's warwick not. davis and, and like <laughs> a a makeup choice yeah <laughs> like doing murders and, you know, Jennifer Aniston was just... Oh, uh, does anybody so want to then. discuss and or defend human, really. paranormal activity? Um, it started Blumhouse. Okay. That's all I got. I didn't uh, enjoy that movie. I, I hate those movies. Okay. I can see that. I can't... So, like, so I'll go it, to Paranormal Activity. The... Paranormal Activity is very simple premise. It is your uh, movie... Uh, family moves into a haunted house. Paranormal things happen. Um, it's all done on a very, very low budget. Someone buys a um, convincing looking Ouija board. <laughs> right. Buys a convincing looking Ouija board. Uh, and the house is haunted. And so they, the they set up security cameras everywhere <laughs> and they're just trying to figure out how the house is haunted. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're watching all of this basically through security footage. Um, I will say that the very first paranormal activity was at least a very fascinating attempt at something different that people weren't doing. Right. The the Blair Witch like had happened, but like hadn't really taken off in in where it is now when it comes to first person shaky cam. Mm-hmm. Paranormal activity set this weird standard of like this is going to be first person, but it's going to be done through like security cameras. And they did a lot of really cool tricks with it. If you go back and watch the original, there are fascinating parts of how it was shot and how they got away with so much on very limited budget. And to be fair, like the big appeal and the thing that people got excited about in paranormal activity was like the last 30 seconds. Right. It was the last big scare in the last 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And everybody walked away, freaked out and went, 
Nope, that was great. And then we made 20 more of them and they were not good. Yeah, it was literally the most compelling part of the movie. It was right. the last, like, yeah. Yeah, but it was an interesting so. creative endeavor. And I respect that they had a director who wanted to do something that was very outside of the box, much mm-hmm. like the Blair Witch was mm-hmm. very outside of the box. Right. And remember, I never said the movie was bad. I just did not enjoy any of them, including sure. the first yeah. one. I actually feel like it's kind of the final culmination of that genre type um, or, or like a logical evolution because it's not, they're not the same thing. Um, I don't know. That's, that'll be a side change. I don't want to go down. What's the next sure, one? Sure. Uh, next up, can you describe and or defend the movie Slither? I started reading the thing about it and just got on a side tangent about um, <laughs> the director. So yeah. I know a lot more stuff about the director that or that I remembered <laughs> before. You know, it's like, oh, cool. I, did, I remember I remember him directing that. Oh, he also did. I was like, okay, you, cool. You, you cool, just ADD cool. really yeah, hard. Yeah, I ADD real bad at Slither. <laughs> and it was, was Slither the one that was made based off Project Greenlight? Uh, I can't remember. See, that's the way I, that's the way I remember because it, it is first. Yeah, it was his first feature film. Right, because so, so he won Project Scott, Green, yeah, 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 Project but, Greenlight. Yeah, yeah, it was like I think it was Damon and um, Affleck who were yeah. like like or, and and Clooney was involved somehow. They were like, we need to find another good horror director because they wanted to well, make yeah, some done, of that fucking horror. They've done like three uh, Project Greenlights, and mm-hmm. I remember watching that one because it was kind of the making of a movie mm-hmm. and. Before the movie even came out in theaters, it was weird. You got to watch the whole fucking making of this movie and the actors, all the behind the scenes stuff. Then, like a year and a half later, watch the movie come out. Was, yeah. Fr- so, so that was a good funding. I'll break it's this down a, real quick. Uh, alien. Sorry. Yeah. yeah you explain yeah, yeah. the story. I'll, so yeah. the the premise. So yeah. James Gunn of everything fame now, but most most people know him from Guardians of the Galaxy, but also that amazing Suicide Squad movie that came out. This is what, his mm. first big movie, right? He used to work for Troma Films and mm. did uh, special effects for Troma Films. And the story of Slither is this like alien parasite like shows up on Earth, and we've got like Michael Rooker in it. We have Elizabeth Banks. We have Nathan Fillion, and these like parasites that are like giant leeches that basically like take over people okay. like in a really gross way by like you know going into their mouths and like oh, taking yeah. over their bodies and stuff like that and basically the character's just trying to survive this alien invasion it is alien very- invasion body horror um tr- it's yeah, they're all trapped in a bar i believe mm. um it's all these all those those actors are playing different people sitting in a bar and um they very much lock themselves inside of it mm-hmm. and all their drama ensues yep yep there's definitely a lot of drama if I'm remembering the story correctly. Yep. But I remember there's also a, a bathtub scene with Nathan Fillion. Yes. Um, so <laughs> Slither, when I discuss this, because it does come up, crop up on a lot of like worst horror movies of all time, but also great. Um, <laughs> it is worth a watch because first off, it's early James Gunn. It's everything he learned from Troma yeah. and working at Troma, um, like crystallized in his own I like storytelling. So he'd already been, he'd already written a book at that point and had been mm. working on a couple other stories. Mm. He'd done some other short stuff. He learned a shitload while working uh, with Lloyd Kaufman there at, at Troma. And this was his big shot under the wings of, you know, the two guys from Boston. Yep. I think that's where they live or some shit. I yeah. don't know. Um, and then, uh, it, it definitely, if you got the movie, if you watched it in the like film industry, like people that us, who people that, Get the movie going, like, yeah, this is a guy's gonna have a great career. You can see every bit of this talent, but it's just movies, just it's not there yet, right? And that's was, exactly what unrefined. that movie was. It was not mm. refined yet, yeah. but it because it has such great acting talent in it, mm. but the, the comedic writing is rough and that storytelling is rough. Mm-hmm. Those James Gunn got out so much of his giggly, I just want to do violence in movies mm-hmm. in earlier in his career so he can do 
giggly, fun, violence in a family-friendly way later. <laughs> right, where the money is. Because the, this was like, so there was an R rate. He's like, no. But now he knows how to get away from that. He knows where that line is. He, yeah. he liked to push it. And working with Troma, they defined the fucking line. So. Yeah, that is <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, without Slither and Troma, we never would have had Starro. Yep. That, that is yeah. very, very yeah. true. So that's mm-hmm. that your takeaway from that one. Uh, does anybody want to talk about and or defend Sleepaway Camp? I have never seen that. Uh, nope. <laughs> yep, that's a, that's a sensitive subject. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, no, I just don't remember. I remember no, nothing no, about no, that no, movie no. right now. This is oh, this is this is the one with the trans kid. I ain't touching that shit. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. No. Put it on there. This, is, this might as well be a pro cop movie. Like, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I will go ahead and take the next one because I don't think either of like, you guys actually. have seen it. Actually, I may have made Tony watch it. I will describe and defend the movie The Gate. Uh, the basic premise of The Gate, this is a 1980s horror film uh, for kids, by the way is some kids are left at home or left home alone for the weekend and they accidentally unleash uh, hell. Basically, Mm -hmm. there's a portal to hell in their backyard. And because their neighbor plays D&D and listens to records backwards, a gate to hell is open. Like that is the most satanic panic (laughs) fucking movie of all time. But that just doesn't mean that'll play in the Midwest. (laughs) But it's an absolutely fantastic movie. We always say on this show that there's very little kids horror out there. This is a kids horror that actually can be genuinely like scary. That cemetery too fucked me up. I only walked in and I saw just the, the, uh, the, the attic scene. Oh, right. That's all I saw. From Sorry, that was, was a, that was a chat scene. comment. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, that, was, a, yeah, that was a, that was a comment, comment from chat that just kind of jumped in. Yeah, because yeah. in that movie, memory just jumped into me. It was like, oh my God, the creepy woman in the attic. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, my defense of Pet Cemetery 2, creepy woman in the attic. The rest of the movie shit. Yeah. So uh, The Gate, yeah, it's a very generic satanic panic story. Um, it is a lot of fun. It is definitely a great kids horror film that can probably creep out some adults too. Uh, one of the things that I like to defend about it is some of the greatest special effects from those early days. There's a lot of um, claymation. There's also a lot of like live action. There's these scenes where these demons like shatter at one point and they become all these like tiny creatures that run around. That was all done practically. Ooh, cool. um, it's stuff that like um, was used in future movies, basically like uh, things that like exist in the movie Willow were taken from the gate that they, that they, designed okay. during this movie. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's got a lot of like movie history to it. Um, and it's still a very entertaining watch. Yes. The, you watch it and you say, Oh man, like the special effects are outdated, but like it was very uh, cutting edge for the, the time that it came out in the eighties. And I think it's worth, if you're a, a movie history buff to go back and watch it because just so much did actually come from this movie. Mm. Do I want to go back and watch Willow? <laughs> yeah, probably. I like Willow. Uh, yeah, see, my memory of liking Willow is better, I think, better left than watching Willow again. <laughs> I do tend to get it confused with Legend a lot because I didn't see those two, either of those movies as children, mm-hmm. and I watched them back to back on the same Okay, movie. yeah, I can see that. You just I had a problem back. with uh, Labyrinth and... Oh, fuck. Labyrinth and um, Legend are the two that people tend to get. Oh, really? Man, those movies couldn't be more different. I know, right? <laughs> But yeah. All right. So moving on. Uh, does anybody want to defend uh, and discuss the movie Phantasm? Nope. No, no, is an acceptable. I, I don't, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think right. it's a product of its time. Sure. Um, uh, I couldn't really describe the plot very well. It's a, and please correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I know, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, I just want to take a crack at it. It's a mortician. Yep. Um, 
who is killing people with a giant silver ball. Yep. That's and what try, I remember. And trying to turn I people feel into like slaves. if you were... Uh, turning people into slaves. I, I missed... I f forgot that oh, part. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, going to say, if you're just running on... Like, if you're a mortician, you mm -hmm. probably know that if you're going to kill someone with a ball, mm -hmm. they're going to catch on pretty quickly because... <laughs> That's how you catch someone. Yeah, phantasm. <laughs> same in, weapon. Phantom is a bad idea. Phantasm in my mind was never ever a bad movie. It has always to me felt like an older movie. Um, but to me, watching it, I could feel my love of Star Wars and the special effects. Mm. It felt like one of those movies where they were really like doing their most creative work on those effects. They may not have had the biggest budget, but they wanted everything to look interesting and good on film. And I think they did a pretty great when job. Did that come out because my memory of the, it's that like movie 1980s, is like 1980s I, I feel like that movie came out in like 1980 something but was written in like 1960 something <laughs> starring people from like true. 1970 something and I just went I started and went I don't fucking no I don't like any of this and just I've, my memory is <laughs> I've never I've started it probably 20 times and went fuck this I don't give a shit <laughs> and all right, yeah. so so to, to start speeding this along, because I want to okay. I want to see where we go. I want you guys to be able to pick the ones that you really like. Mm -hmm. If you don't like something, just say pass, and we'll move on from there. Sounds right? good. Um, does anybody want to talk about or defend any of the Chucky films? Chucky three. All right. What is the plot? I brought Chucky three. It? That's one of my childhood ones. Came out in so 19, child's play three. 1999. 1991. I'm so sorry. 1991. Yeah. Holy shit. Child's play three came out in 1991. 1991. Yes. Let's just age everyone in here. <laughs> so um, the story of Chucky, Chucky TV show on right now. The Chucky, the story of Chucky <laughs> is the story of a child's toy, a kind of a Oshkosh Bagosh style, like little plastic, maybe like it's an American maybe like boy two doll, and a half kinda. foot tall, like raggedy Andy doll, right? Um, but this one is possessed by a killer, and he kills people, and he has a very foul mouth, and it's funny coming out of the doll. And in the first movie, he is gifted to a child and haunts the child's family, so on and so forth. In the second movie, this doll is burned alive. That is how they end it. This plastic doll is melted in like a factory fire, mm -hmm. where he was like going to try and go make more Chuckies, right? And you're like, oh, what could they possibly do from here? Well, in the third, the third movie opens with them recovering everything from the factory and releasing a new line of Chucky dolls after mm. the incident. And they literally start the movie melting down old pieces of that old Chucky they found in the Chucky factory to make a new one. And him just screaming horrifyingly <laughs> as like his like plastic melts back into place. It's pretty fucking cool. But anyway, so and, and this is what I remember. One came true then. Kind of in a way. Kind of yeah. in a way. So the third movie, he still wants to go kill Andy very, very badly. This child who he was gifted to. But it has been years since he was burned. <laughs> and Andy is at the military academy. So he goes to the military academy and fucks some people up. I just remember this story. Um, I remember this story of uh, they were all going to do war drills. Like they're all going to do like a... Uh, like a firefight, but um, like with uh, paint rounds. Mm -hmm. And he just replaces everyone's bullets with real bullets <laughs> and just lets them go for it. It is pretty fucking sinister. And God, does he have a foul mouth. And like the best, like, like blue streak, like jokes that like truckers wouldn't say in front of mechanics, right? Like <laughs> shit like that. That's uh, an impressive statement there. <laughs> yeah. So like the, the movie's just, I mean, it's awful, but it's fun if, if you like to listen to the little thing like swear Mm -hmm. and like wield a buoy knife that's half the size of its torso mm -hmm. you know the physics don't need to make sense but yeah chucky three good time right. does anybody want to discuss and defend critters 
I just remember the. I just remember. Like, I only remember the memory of them. Like at this point, I remember my childhood. I watched it so many fucking times. Like there's like again seven of them or something. Yeah, and they're so, all blended into one giant story of alien space balls eat people. Critters. I believe it's critters two um, that I want to defend because critters one. The story of critters. Uh, did, I don't forget if it's an asteroid, but little like the aliens are here and they're adorable, but they have fucking teeth and they breed like mushrooms like like not even like any kind of mammal. they're tribbles like yes they, they they just sprout out of the ground practically right and so in the second movie there's fuzzy this... cute basketballs but you know right. they have snarling yes. teeth of death yeah, yeah. and piercing eyes Think of red fuzzy land piranhas and, and you've got it <laughs> except and I don't know if piranhas do this I think they kind of do um, they will form into a ball and just roll over things and the balls like it, the, the ball in part two gets like the size of a town yeah, the piranhas do <laughs> like the, the swirly yeah. fishy thing that's that what I was go, thinking yeah, yeah. But, so, so the, the crushing cars are rolling over people but we don't have water yeah the, the effect is like they'll roll over a, like a person will go ah and like get and crushed they under the eat ball. Them at the same time. And then when they when it rolls away and it didn't stop, it just kept on rolling. And when it rolls away, there's just a red skeleton left over. <laughs> it's cute and fun. Um, it embraced those. That scene alone is worth like the ninety minutes in of the critters too. Okay. Correct way, but in a for children in a way. That's the way I remember this series win. It's like we're gonna tell these weird sci-fi kids um, horror movies that somebody's letting us keep making. Is my memory of them because, well, I kept watching them as a child. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want a fuck. I've always wanted a critter. Like <laughs> they're one cute. of our neighbors uh, downstairs has a uh, critter sticker on their car, oh, and it's okay. got a, little, and a rainbow behind it, and it says <laughs> "critters" and like this cutest thing. And it's like, who are you? Why don't I just want to watch critters? Anybody want to watch critters? Uh, does anybody want to discuss and defend Lake Placid? That's the alligator, right? That is. Yeah, I got nothing to say about that one. I don't think I ever not. saw it. Uh, Pat, uh, not uh, what's his name? The actor is good in it. All right, it's fine. Pass, pass is fine. Yeah. Jimmy, uh, yeah. once you discuss and defend purge films, purge films. No, I can't. That's like a whole. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Okay, that's fine. All right. Does anybody want to discuss and defend the Monster Squad? Yes, it's children's horror. It's exactly what it should be. It's Monster Squad. It's practical effects. It's Wolfman's Got Nards. It's the silliest, <laughs> funnest combination of all of the monster horror characters that you know from fucking Universal yeah. together in one movie predating any fucking yeah, it's, it's superhero team up things. Because it, it's like, it's a you know, yeah, it, it's all of those things and child horror if you want to think like not not exactly the Goonies, but like the same age it's Halloween range for Goonies. the movie. It's Halloween Goonies. It's Halloween Goonies. It's like, yeah, yeah, great movie. Watch. I would say Goonies is like summertime Goonies, mm-hmm. and Monster Squad is Halloween Goonies. Yeah. If you're in like a Disney mood or like a kids movie mood around the spooky season, this is a great watch. Yeah, it's the Universal movie monsters show up and the group of kids take him down and it's adorable and it's fun and yeah Wolfman's got nards Wolfman's got nards some great world building um, with with why they're all there it's it's fun all around and does very well for a kids movie with a minimal like you just look like the sets is like there's like Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a town square and it's I just love that movie for what it is though it's it's so wholesome yeah kids can be heroes and stop fucking Dracula's army of the undead with the help of Frankenstein's monster and because and, and, and the army finally showed up yes at the very end <laughs> too late uh, sure does anybody want to do Blair Witch 2 
What I will say about Blair Witch 2, while I can't defend watching the released version, is that it was a much smarter, better movie before it was released. Uh, that's one of those movies that suffered under people trying to force them to make Blair Witch 1 again. Right. Uh, no, don't watch it. I can't defend it. Uh, it it's I, a tragedy would happen. I am a personal another defender. one much like uh, 13 Ghosts that we have to defend the DVD version yeah. because it goes like into yes. everything that they try to hide in the movie Mm-hmm. And just go, okay, so you couldn't see all this shit that we were trying to hide here because this is like 24 frames a second. You're only going to pay for this once. So let's actually go in here and show you where all the fucking hidden things are and explain what we were trying to do with this mythology. And then try to do some fun world building, expanding. It's like the Blair Witch is like, oh no, there's a creepy corner house ghost thing. And that's really all the plot you get from the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just tension building. The first movie is literally just the idea of tension building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the second one is the idea of trying to build a world out of that afterwards. The fascinating part about <laughs> well, they Blair, just want you to build tension. So the fast, the fascinating part about Blair Witch 2, which is, is not first person shaky cam like the original, mm-hmm. is that it takes the premise of the original, which was the original movie. They actually tried to design the original Blair Witch movie to be kind of viral. If I remember correctly, like a bunch of the actors like went on vacation when it was released so that they were dead in mm-hmm. air quotes. Um, they tried to make it like this whole viral before the word viral existed. Right. right. Um, and so the second movie takes place where like, the Blair Witch one did happen. Mm-hmm. And so you have all these ghost hunters in air quotes or people following the Blair Witch tour. Right. And there's a lot of cliches in this movie. There's yes. like the, the, the goth pagan and mm-hmm. just like all this stuff in it. And, but it, it, it doesn't center around the Blair Witch technically. Right. Correct. Is one of the great parts about this movie is that yes, they are all on this tour and they're trying to find the Blair Witch, but the Blair Witch isn't a part of this. Like this is a, a psychological horror at the end of the day. And it throws you for a curve at the very end, just being like, Holy crap. Like this is not about the Blair Witch. Like people are just murdering people. Yeah. It's, it's very it's a very different movie and it's a very extreme movie compared to the first one. And I got to say that I respect the director and writers for trying to take it in a direction that I think that in retrospect, when you, once you do know the background of what happened to the movie, mm-hmm. you can respect it a little bit more. Cause okay. it's like they were trying something so different to get the audience's engagement and just, it didn't click with people because it wasn't first person Jakey cam. Yeah. That's know? the, well, the number one thing about most sequels and why people for years liked kind of sequels is because they were just the same story retold again. Yeah. And ever and that's where just stories just win. You're like, oh, you, so you're just going to tell it from a different angle, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But whenever you deviate from that initial idea, mm. it screws with people. And not, not always for the benefit. It's why I like Saw 2. I'll kind of defend that I one. I like Saw 2. Okay. Um, and why I like The Last Jedi. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, there's shit movies that they are shit. But like... Saw 2 is at least a good horror movie yep. that's, again, much like uh, with Hellraiser uh, 5, wasn't mm. it? Um, it was one that was not written as a Saw movie. I think that was Inferno is the name of the And um, they were like, oh, it's another, it was a spec script. The studio's like, yeah, so we're just going to change the ending to this is this dude instead. That's yeah, Cloverfield um, Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, the great thing is uh, the, the, the actor or the director and everybody that was working on 2 has gone to have like worked within all kinds of other great shit too. Two's an awesome movie um, for Saw. I love the net, uh, the needle death pit. I felt like... Why are we... I don't know. How did we get to Saw? I was just defending <laughs> Saw 2. You don't because... need to defend Saw 2. Saw 2 is good. Yeah. No, most yeah. people don't like Saw 2. I don't know what they were expecting. All right, does anybody want to defend Dead Snow? 
Um, I don't have any more zombie movies in my repertoire outside of these and like the classics. Okay. Twenty Eight Days Later, Dead Snow is like it's Nazi zombies, right? Yep. Yeah, that is exactly what it is. It's Nazi zombies, and and some people are trapped was, in the snow, was, and Nazi was, zombies are coming was, out of the snow. Right. It was Nazi zombies before like we realized that Nazis were still a thing. So, right. And so, we were so, making so, fun of it. It's like, oh, a bunch of Nazis got buried on this mountain, and here they're back because fucking yeah. no, Nazis. No, guys, yeah. guys, Nazis have still always been a thing. We just had blinders on called childhood. No, yeah. we know, <laughs> no, we, we know, but the, 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 the world hadn't woken up to. Oh fuck, that right. there's a Nazi. And honestly, <laughs> my 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 description of the movie and my defense of the movie was it's fucking nazi zombies like that's that's it that's yeah. it that's my entire byline for it and at it the time funny. that was more unique than it, it is was now very very unique back then well that was like the defense of like uh iron sky it was always, it's, it's nazis in in space yeah, yeah. They took, space. they took they took over the, the other half of the moon. Like that was dope. Well, actually, they just left and went to the moon. Everybody was like, "Cool." I mean, yeah. If we, no ever, def- if we ever defend bad sci-fi, uh, dark sci-fi, like the, that, yeah. I, I am pro. If we take all of the Nazis in the entire world, all of the fascists, and we just put them on the moon, and that's the end of the story, mm-hmm. because there's no oxygen. There. All right. Does anybody want to describe <laughs> and defend Jennifer's body? Oh yeah, absolutely. That. I know a lot of people don't like this movie, um, probably because they saw it the first time and were like, I don't know, they had a, a, this was one of those Twilight things where like the movie might not have been great, but the backlash was entirely, entirely overblown. It, it, it didn't hurt anybody. It didn't ruin anyone's childhood. It made a ton of money and a lot of people liked it. And that there, was, there was a big anti-Megan Fox sentiment at the time. There was anti-Megan Fox sentiment, but I think bigger than that for this movie was the anti-Diablo Cody sentiment. Mm. And yeah, there's because, two things like combined into a whirlwind a of, of not. Right. So there's those two things. So directed by Diablo Cody, starring Megan Fox and um, everyone's still Amanda Sifrid. Sifrid, thank Fox. you, Amanda Sifrid. Yes, and it is the story oh, of a young. Nice. Of a uh, young promiscuous girl and her, um, I guess in this movie, okay looking friend. It's one of those things. Like one of them's a hot one, but in, they're both just gorgeous. We didn't so do it. What'd you really watch matter. this week? I've been. Re- I watched part of the Duff. If you, it's the same thing, designated ugly right fat now. friend. Okay, so anyway, same thing. Yeah, no, it's so, so the it's plot like teenagers. Of, the, the plot of Jennifer's body. Yes, you have, up. Yes, you have one promiscuous teenager who ends up running afoul of uh, a demon and becomes one herself, mm-hmm. and the rest of the movie is basically her trying to cope with her body changing and everything that happens with that, and her friend not really knowing how to handle it. Um, uh, yeah, and, and there's a lot of horror. The effects are good. The the character is interesting and actually grows over time. Both of them do. Both the the friend who has to stop her demon friend and Megan Fox is a demon friend. Megan Fox is a pretty. There's good an exploration of what it means to like go through puberty. There's an uh, exploration of sex, sexuality mm-hmm. and what it's like to maybe she, not be. Straight. Well, she correct. turns into a succubus. Like yeah. like she literally yeah. feeds off of sex. She tries to eat in one scene and vomits everywhere and doesn't yeah. realize why she's so hungry and can't. And eating isn't helping. Yeah. Like, like they, there's a lot. Yeah, it, it's a, there's some body horror. There's a lot of metaphors for puberty, for itches you can't scratch, and finding things about yourself that you hunger for that you don't know how to fulfill. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there's maybe not being straight, maybe that not being a thing in general around you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like this is a good movie. Much like the Babadook, it, it found its audience. Right, yeah. <laughs> it definitely did, and it def- and it might have found its audience much later. Yeah, than when it, it only did. recently has been yeah, finding its, its audience. Right, really. so like, yeah, if, if you're a young person and you're listening to this and you've never heard of this movie or never seen it, see this movie, run to it. It mm-hmm. is cool, and it plays a lot better now than it did back then. Sure. 
Uh, does anybody want to discuss and uh, defend Fright Night? Giant brown fuzzy things eaters an airplane. No, that was the Stephen King. Um, That's Langoliers. Yeah, Langoliers. Um, there's a short film, or those were was a miniseries. It was done on ABC. Mini was the Langoliers? Yeah. yeah. Um, that was my explanation. Is defense of that. That's sorry, the, sorry, that was no, shouting. So, so this is another comment from sorry, Chad, yeah. where he uh, somebody asked about uh, about critters and if it was a specific movie. But no, that movie is the Langoliers. Right. So does anybody want to defend Fright Night, or is it good where it is? Where do you guys feel about this? I don't think I need to the talk original about one, that. the remake one. Uh, I didn't actually put that in the thing. Here. Um, they're both fun. They're just fun. Honestly, I don't want to tell you what. Like, no, just go through the list quicker and like say if we like them or not. <laughs> we are re- we are reaching the end here. Um, let's see here. All right, so this is the really fun one I wanted to bring up. Can anybody describe and defend 2005's House of Wax? No, I can only tell you the Vincent Price version. Uh, there's. Town of wax people. No, so I assume the plot is, is the same. my memory. I got nothing. There is, a, I got nothing, there is yeah. a person who owns a wax museum, yeah. and if you've ever been to a wax museum, you will find some very, very lifelike figures of celebrities and other humans and just general people. Even well, some, you hope so. Yeah, e- even some dead uh, who you might uh, some who are dead who there might be nothing but photographs of, and you get really interesting and good like lifelike 3D depictions of these people made out of yeah. wax. It was an art form. It was a very big thing from like the 1800s until I don't know, like probably the 50s. Wax is cheaper than marble, and yes, and cheaper than making a movie. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the original story of uh, House of Wax, and I'm I'm assuming the same plot of the 2005 version, mm-hmm. is a man who runs a wax museum uh, takes certain of his guests and just dips them in wax and puts them in his museum yep. because fuck them. He needs more wax things. So his museum. So we work. have the 2005 version, which is uh, Jared Padalecki, Elijah Cuthbert. Uh, we have Paris Hilton. Um, they are all. It uh, suffered because of Paris. Hilton, they're all so like, the you know, college students who mm-hmm. get, who crash or whose car breaks down in the city. They go to this house of wax and murder ensues. That is the premise of house of wax. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is a little bit defendable. Just because, like, some that. of the practical effects that they used, like, they... I, I, yeah, that's what I was saying before. And the practical effects in this movie are the things I remember about it. Yeah. It's... And, and I was, like, uh, mumbling while you were saying this. It, it suffered from Paris Hilton. At the time was America's annoying party slut that everybody hated. She was... And it's kind of... The, there's she a was, zeitgeist she was being, feel. Yeah, she was being was, mislabeled and all course, that. Of yeah, course, yeah. She was literally only famous for being and, rich and having a right. sex tape at the time. Yeah, and this... She was very much playing into that mm. idea, and the character she plays in this is kind of that idea. But she actually, maybe the direction's really good, or her, or her portrayal's really good. Uh, she did, I think, a very good job in this movie playing a ditzy blonde idiot. But I'd kind of seen that from her. But it, it felt like it was actually her being a different character, not you know mm-hmm. the one that's on TV. So it right. felt like there was two different people, and I thought that was cool. Like I was like, oh shit, she can yeah. actually be. And then I know more about her now, and I'm like, yeah, all of these are acts. She's actually a really good actress. Yeah, and she's, and, she's a pretty cool person, too. She's yeah. awesome. And, but, yeah. she, you know, we all have weird 20s. Yeah. So and, yeah, hers yeah, was just weird on, 20s. And hers was just broadcast to everybody on the fucking internet. Well, not just that, but America has a really bad habit of just hating pretty young women, like, to a really disturbing degree. Please stop that. Well, it goes, yeah. I mean, that's a... That's a an ancient, at least to the Victorian era thing that we brought over, like, from... Yeah, it's... Yeah, that goes. It goes back a long ways. <laughs> oh, so back to the so stopping with the uh, how America treats young women. Um, 
really good practical effects in that movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the deaths. They, I mean, there were a, a lot of close-ups of boiling things. Yep. yep. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it had that creep factor to it. And, and there have been an entire, like, uh, the, the, it wasn't around at the time, but there was this old show called, like, Movie Magic. And they, they that's where we learned a, well, how a lot of movie effects were done. Um, there was a similar show around that time in the 2000s. I don't remember the name of it. And they did a special just about House of Wax. And, like, y'all, yeah. you don't realize, like, we actually built a lot of this shit out of wax and, like, melted like, it. Yeah, these are, these are, these were those, all those statues you saw in the movie, which is, they're lifelike and, like, depictions. They had sculptors spin. Yep thousands of hours making these things to just go and destroy them. Yep. But then again, every time you watch somebody blow something up in a movie outside of CGI, it's kind of the same thing. You're like, Oh, all those things, but that's kind of fun of it from practical effects. That that is very, I really like you want to spend a thousand hours. Like I'm going to take that. I'm going to set it on fucking fire. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, think about that. Think about being a like special effects person in like, uh, like sci-fi, right? Like the guy who like build like the Nostromo or something for aliens. I have spent the last six months of my life meticulously carving this spacecraft out of plastic or whatever the fuck it is. And now we only have one opportunity to blow it the fuck up. Yep. You're just like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is so good. I love it. Uh, all right. We've only got a few more to go through here. Um, so, again, if you want to defend it, do it. If not, we can pass. Uh, 1999, House on Haunted Hill. Never saw it. I'm, I mean, I've seen it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a remake of the Vincent Price House on Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are brought to what is... Found out later to be, what was it, an insane asylum? Yes, that is correct. Um, but it's a, it's on a, it's on a hill. Yeah. And, a, yeah. Um, and so they're trying to convert it into like, uh, they're all winners of a prize. That's the one if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, the, the, if you can stay there for one night. Yeah, if you can, they all get a, they all received a card in the mail. And oh, it's, it's people trapped. Yeah, it's people stay trapped. Stay in the house it, for one night. Yeah, it's, it's stay in the house for 24 hours and then just survive and then uh, the movie unfolds people die and yeah. it's really fun because you get to watch people die and yeah. it's just creepy I don't know it's just it's such a tonal movie that's <laughs> it's really cool stained glass yeah no, there's, a, there's cool. a lot of really great yeah. stuff in it Tay Diggs in it and I'll watch anything oh, Tay Diggs love in Tay Diggs. Can, I, so. I'm, can I spoil it for everybody I mean I, I, every, it's Spoiler 1999 for a 22 year old movie <laughs> okay um Tay Diggs survives. The black dude survives. That's like actually the coolest part of the entire thing. He's nice. like, he's like, they're sitting here at the end. Like, he's like, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. score one for Diggs. Yeah. So, you know, when movies come out around the same time that have a similar premise, people get the mix up in their head. That's why I wanted to bring up the next one, which was the haunting, which also came out in 1999. I weirdly remember this one. very. This one well. had Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta Jones, Owen Wilson. That's why um, this one Unlike the house on haunted hill, which is takes place in an asylum. Mm -hmm. This is the story that is actually based on the haunting of Hill house. Yes. (laughs) So this is why these shits confusing y'all. You want to, you want to talk about what's confusing is like the the, the, the plot of this movie has like very little to do with haunting. There's a finite number of letters. There is all of those people gathering (laughs) at the giant mansion, which is the, the the core thrust. Right. (laughs) So yeah, everybody gathers at the mansion um, um, they, they go for a, a, a like like this is sleep what, study. Yeah, that's right. It was a sleep like like come meet me at my house and we'll do a sleep study. Yeah, 
And but I had an enormous crush really, on Catherine Zeta Jones. It was so. a really bad CGI fireplace. I remember there was that. the CGI okay. fireplace. There was the um the really good like cherub CGI cool. in it. Okay, so so here's my favorite overused. Yeah, so really Catherine Zeta Jones, who I had a huge crush on at the time, did an interview on like Letterman during this movie. Mm. I'm remembering Letterman that I watched in 1999. Right now, wow. Yeah. Damn, he's a 22 year old. So, so yeah, uh, she's on there in 1999, uh, and. They're, they show a scene with her, and, and uh, the ghosts are cold in this movie, mm-hmm. and there's a scene with her, and I think it was um, Lily Taylor, and there's like they, they hear all these noises, and there's all this creepy stuff happening, and they're breathing very heavily, <sighs> and you get this like breath coming out, and like it, it probably wasn't that cold in there. It looks like CG, mm-hmm. because CG was bad at the time. That was like the best we could do with it, and they're just like yeah, acting. smoke effects in great. Silent Hill were great. Yeah, and so what she said is David's like, oh man, you guys are doing a lot of heavy breathing in this scene, and she looks at him and makes an amazing joke. She said, yeah, they had a bunch of that um, breath effect left over from Titanic, so they let us borrow it, <laughs> and David Letterman looks at her and goes, oh yeah? Like he did, like he, like he didn't know how it worked, and he was just like, "Oh, that's an interesting fact." <laughs> and she just like, "Hmm," <laughs> like, it just didn't land. But yeah, so it, it, good movie, interesting effects. Um, Catherine Zeta Jones was great. <laughs> yeah, we've since gotten like The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, which is a far superior product, vastly but, superior. But this, is, The Haunting, is a good go back and check it out, though. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, it's an it, it, it's probably an easy like hour hour and a half. Yeah. And, it's a yeah. popcorn movie. It's, it is what it is. All right, oh, last one, last one. We we do have to wrap. I it love it. You ended point. on this one. Can anybody? Does anybody want to discuss and defend the movie Teeth? You know how I would defend this movie. But you have to describe it first before you can defend it. Okay, so this one is really easy to describe. Now I don't. I'm not going to break down the entire plot because it doesn't fucking matter. The point of this movie is the point of this movie is that there is a girl with teeth in her vagina. Yeah. And uh, you can basically guess the rest of the plot of this movie. <laughs> like you don't need to know the other details. Girl, American girl, living her life, teeth in the vagina. They're, they're just all up in there. And they and they bite. You can make them bite. It's not like they worthless teeth. Like they do things. So I would defend this movie from the point of view is I can't think of any girl who hasn't at some point been like, you know what? I fucking love some vagina teeth. I can do some damage with some vagina teeth. Fuck men. Fuck all their bullshit. You know what? I wish I had vagina teeth. I would fucking take some revenge. This to me seems like the kind of horror movie that's also a power fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I kind of dig it. Yeah. Jennifer's body's kind of like that. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of a power fantasy. This has been super silly, everyone. I know this is a weird one-off episode of us just defending what are considered bad horror films. I hope that if you listen to this and you have never seen any of these movies, that maybe something in here struck your fancy and you're like, oh, maybe I will go see Teeth or, you know, Jennifer's Body. Please watch Jennifer's Body. Please watch Jennifer's Body. It's actually a very empowering movie, guys. It's it's really weird. It's cool. Um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space is great practical effects for people really didn't get a career and, and please effects. god everybody go watch 13 ghosts we say it once a year minimum yeah. like go fucking frighteners watch those, too frighteners as well please go watch those movies they're some of my favorites mm-hmm. um i hope that you guys are having a safe halloween i hope that you guys 
uh, everybody out there in in radio land uh, is enjoying listening to us uh, ramble on about aimless horror shit as often as we do. <laughs> yep. We don't. We try to curb it most of the time on the main podcast, but this week it was just like it's Halloween, y'all. All bets are off. Mm -hmm. And if you want us to do more fun shows like this, let us know so we can schedule some one-offs for stuff like this in the future. Um, Tony, where can they find us? Where can they tell us that? Uh, Head over to goodnight.gg. It's Patreon the show. You can uh, make those suggestions. You can uh, email over at info at goodnight.gg. Or you can Twitter us at gnggcast. That's also facebook.com slash gnggcast. Um... That's really it, because that's all the social medias exist at this point. We don't WhatsApp or whatever the fuck that is. All right. So that's everything we have for the show this week. Thank you to our audience for coming in and talking about some stuff while we were doing the show live. Absolutely fantastic. Love to see people in here every single week. Uh, Until next time, however, for Tony, this is James. For James, this is Tony. I'm Hector. Everyone, good night. And good game. And happy Halloween.